So I had this uh, email sent to me from a from a reader. To you? Okay. No, it's, it's not... Not a listener. Via, via our website, via my website. It's a reader. Oh, a reader. Beg your pardon, of course. Uh, I won't say who it's from, but d- dear Nick, just wanted to say thank you for your book on the Reformation. Mm. I've been trying to get my head around it in relation to my chief interest, English history. And this is the best summary I've found. I particularly like page 226 in my edition, where you summarise the different Eucharistic positions. I don't know if you're experienced with the Eucharistic positions, Joe, are you? Yes, I can't do them all now, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, they summarise the different Eucharistic positions. It's very helpful when trying to read the more convoluted academic versions. Anyway, thanks very much, and I'll be looking out for more of your many, many books. Sometimes the jokes are a bit lame, but you can't have everything. <laughs> Just, it was going so it well. It was I felt. just at the end. <laughs> just at the end, it tipped over. I mean, look, she's not wrong. Yeah, but it's it's a lot like the podcast, to be fair, isn't it? I mean, it can be going along so well, and then disappointingly, yeah. there's a joke. Welcome everybody to episode 264 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page. Hello. And there... <laughs> I haven't even introduced you. You've just said hello. No, well, you just said, said my name's name. Nick Page, so I thought I'd say hello to you. Sorry. Carry on. Oh, okay. <laughs> hello. Hello. You see, even when I do do a good job... You did do You it. undermine yes, it. Yes, no, you did a very good job there. In fact, recently, I don't know what's come over you, but you have been quite slick. So, well done. I thought it was getting a bit dull, not being slick, actually. Uh, anyway, there's Joe Davis, ladies Hello. and gentlemen. Hello, everyone else. Lovely to be with you on a Saturday morning, yeah. if that's when you're listening. Good. Uh, church notices? Well, there's one notice. Um, so we got contacted by the lovely Jill, and um, and she said, we are in South Lanarkshire, just south of Glasgow, and we would be delighted uh, to hear if anyone in Motherwell, Hamilton or East Kilbride area is wanting to meet others who share in the kind of deconstruction process. So what she was saying is they don't want to form a group or a church or anything, but maybe it's just a walk. But if there are others in those areas, Motherwell, Hamilton or East Kilbride, then uh, send uh, an email to joe at midfaithcrisis.org and I'll forward it on to Jill and uh, maybe you'll meet up uh, if that's something that interests you. So there you go. That concludes the notices. Well, no, it doesn't because I've got a church Oh, you've well. got one. I beg your pardon. Well, actually, I haven't really. I've got one that I should have done last week, which is that I'm doing a talk tomorrow night at uh, Southwark Cathedral. Well, it's going to be like two nights ago when this goes out. Yes. Yes, I haven't really thought it through. Yes, I noticed. Are you going to do any other little add-on bits to the podcast that I know nothing about until it comes out, perchance? No, it's just that I'd forgotten to announce it and I felt that... I ought to at least say something about it, but it's too late now anyway. Yeah. Are you worried no one's going to be there or something? No, I'm pretty sure no one's going to be there. I'm not worried about it. I'll just go and do it. Look, that's a good gig. Southern Cathedral. Fantastic. Well, it's a nice place. It is a beautiful place. People are going to be there. Of course they're going to come and listen to you. Come on, man. All right. How many do you reckon? I reckon 10. 120. Okay. How did you get the gig? How did you get to speak there? 
well, they called me. They said, uh, would you come yeah. and talk about your book uh, on Christmas? Oh, which go. I said, all right, I'll go and do it. Trouble is, Joe, I've got to revise it because I've forgotten it all. It's like two years ago. You're kind of a big deal, aren't you? No, this is it. I'm just not a big deal. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pathetically small deal, and I've got to do a lot of work to sort of give the illusion that I'm even a medium-sized deal. Hey, listen, just in case there are, and I can't believe there would be, but just in case there are any listeners who do not realise that you have a fabulous Christmas book out um, and they're looking for stocking fillers for their friends, what is the name of the book? It's called uh, Christmas, Tradition, Truth and Total Baubles. And it is very funny. So only some of the jokes are lame in it. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all about a percentage. Not just how much, the, mm. how many of the jokes are lame. That's the yeah. I should put a percentage lameness <laughs> thing on, on, the, on the cover. <laughs> that's brilliant. Anyway, well, that's good. So I'll, re I'll report back on that. I'll good to do. We're looking forward to hearing how it went. Yeah. So how are you anyway? Yeah, well, you know. Uh, so here's the deal. I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to see my brother. Uh, I didn't think I would, but I'm going to because I decided if I didn't, I would regret it. Mm -hmm. So 7th of December, I'm heading out there for 11 days uh, just to see him say goodbye and all that stuff. Assuming he's still with us, which would be great if he was. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that's all I've really got to say about that, really. I forgot what what... What brain fuzz you get with grief. I'm kind of grieving him, even though he's still alive at the moment. Uh, mm. uh, you know, it's strange, isn't it? It's sort of, it's just always there. Kind of, mm. yeah. Anyway. You're sort of in pre-grief. Yeah. You're sort of preparing. Yes, it is. It's weird and it's, yeah, yeah. it's very strange. However, now this was good. I, went, I had a little retreat uh, the weekend, mm. just took some time off on my own which i do uh try to do a couple of times a year i went to bournemouth and uh the weather if you remember on saturday was quite bad so i didn't really get out in the new forest as i'd hoped but i just wandered around bournemouth it's quite pleasant and there were lots of christians there and one of them who had a board mm. um has to be said was helpfully shouting at me explaining that uh, any of my friends or family could die in the next 12 months i thought how did he know how did he know? And he reminded me that they'll all be going to hell if they do, unless they repent and believe what he believes. So thanks for that, random man in Bournemouth. Uh, that that was nice. That was nice. Must have cheered you up. Yeah, that maybe gave me a whole new perspective on it. Very good. And actually, actually, the net effect of that whole uh, little retreat time away was to make me exceptionally grateful for the friends I have, of which I include you among one of my dearest, but increasingly many of our dear listeners as well. So thank yeah. you, dear listeners. And thank you for anyone who's written in with a kind comment or two. Uh, I truly appreciate that. So, yeah, so I'm all right. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm. I oh, I am absolutely exhausted and I don't know why. I think Wednesday is... Do you think Wednesday is the worst day of the week? Because uh, we, we record this on Wednesday, we do. which doesn't help. Oh, well, that's, that's the only reason why it's the worst day. <laughs> <laughs> no other reason. No, Tuesday's the worst day, isn't it? Why? Why would Tuesday be the worst day? Because sometimes Tuesdays can feel like a long... You know, you can get to Tuesday, feel like it's been a long week, and then think, I'm not even halfway through the week yet. 
Yeah. Whereas at least on Wednesday, you go, well, at least we're halfway there. I just find Wednesdays intolerable. <laughs> yes, because you, know. you have to see me. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's the bright spot at the end of the day. And if that's the bright spot in the Wednesday, it shows you just how bad Wednesday is, doesn't it, really? But, you know. Uh, yeah, I've been absolutely exhausted all day. I was slightly cheered this morning because we sang uh, that uh, old hymn, Crown Him With Many Crowns. Ooh, do you remember that? I do yeah. remember it. And it has that lovely verse in it, which always makes me smile. Uh, Crown him the Lord of years, the potentate of time, mm. creator of the rolling spheres, ineffably sublime. Great. Great stuff. I just, I, and that moves you every why. time. <laughs> it does, because everybody sings it and nobody when I sang it as a kid, I think rolling spheres. What is he? Lawn bowls? What is this? You know, what did... God... He's very God, good he at went... lawn bowls, to be fair. He's incredibly good at lawn bowls because he's he's quite good actually. He's bound to be good at lawn bowls, God, isn't he? Because he's quite old and he wears all white, so he's he's look perfectly at home on a bowling green. He'd be very welcome uh, in Worthing, that's for sure. Yeah, and and he sort of rolls it up, and people go, "Oh, look at that! That is ineffably sublime. That, that ball <laughs> there a, yeah. that he's just done. Oh, the thumb bias, sublime, <laughs> ineffably. <laughs> you couldn't f that." <laughs> so anyway, that made me laugh. Can I That's just ask: mind. Is mm. ineffably sublime short for mm. ineffably <laughs> sublime? No, no, <laughs> I just, not. I just wondered. I just wondered if they bleeped it out. I, d- I've always wondered, really, how to define what ineffably meant, and I thought was thought it was that which could not be effed. But yeah. I don't know, really. <laughs> Send your emails to Joe at <laughs> midfaithcrisisdoc with your definition definitions of I, ineffable. I want to do a book at one day called "Effing the Ineffable" because I think that. Although, be didn't we do an episode that? called that? We did actually do an episode, didn't we? We did, effing the ineffable. I'll look it up. Maybe it was <laughs> maybe we Maybe you actually need to find what it was. That's how long we've been doing this. Yeah, shocking. Probably had a high percentage of lame jokes. Okay. Um, yeah, but other than that, I had a very quiet weekend. Claire was away. So oh. That was nice. I, was, I mean, you know, when I say it's nice, nice. I, it just, yeah. I didn't have any jobs and, and I could do what, what it was nice. It was nice. You, it's just nice, isn't it, to be on your own at points? It it's is. Like you in Bournemouth. I know. And I didn't true. even have everybody shouting at me about going to hell. I just had the dog. Yeah. You know, that was... A... No, but I think I think in these these wonderful long-term relationships, which we cherish so much, uh, it is good to have a little, little space and time away and doing your own thing and then coming back together and sharing. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Hmm? Anyway, if you'd like to join the relationship quiz with Joe and Nick, please do. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> so, but here's what I really wanted to talk to you about. Okay. And I really do want to delve into this. Okay. Is that yesterday, mm-hmm. yesterday I went to the Global Leadership Summit. Did you? You yes. are a big deal. That's incredible. Well, I don't think it's quite that big a deal because, I mean, tens of thousands of people go to this okay. thing. And I think it was, it's, I've never been before. It was organised you know, something to do with work. And it's a video thing. You get videos from leaders. Oh, that's nice. 
Well, yes, let's talk about that. Okay. But anyway, uh, you know, GLS, I thought it was JLS. That's why I was going. Exactly. I thought they were reforming. Everybody in love, put your hands up. <laughs> not the Sadly, same. Sadly, it wasn't. Oh, no, not oh, the that's same. a disappointment. It, I know, it was. Um, it was GLS. And it was very interesting because I haven't actually been to a, a Christian conference like that. Oh, admittedly, you're just sitting in a, an auditorium watching videos. But I haven't been to anything with that content for years and years and years. Mm. And it was a kind of strange experience, both good and, and bad. Mm. And what was interesting was, and I want to run through a few of the topics with you, because the first topic, the very opening of it, was all about leadership and trust. And the guy was was shouting at us, basically. But anyway, he... he, he he was quite yelly. He was an American guy. There was a lot of very white teeth. Mm. It was um, uh, yeah, it was very bright. Straight, people's, yeah. Ah, people's teeth were very bright. <laughs> I, I, I had to look away. It's uh, the Shekinah uh, glory. It was. They were. <laughs> the, the glory was shining from their molars, and um, and and um, yeah, this guy was talking about leadership and trust, and he was saying, you know, there's a there's a there's a deficit of trust in leadership. And he was talking about how to sort of get that back, you know, through yeah. sort of transparency and slick uh, videos, and, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and <laughs> teeth whitening. And um, but but the interesting thing was he didn't actually ever address why people don't trust leaders. You know, he didn't oh, really? actually address failings in leadership. One of which, as I understand it, has happened to the very organisation that op- that started up this this uh, summit. I, I believe. I believe so because I think I went to one in uh, Bracknell, was it many years ago? I believe. Yeah, because it was Bill Hybels, wasn't it? He wasn't. Didn't didn't Willow Creek it, start yeah. the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's always made me laugh because you go to the Global Leadership Summit in Whitney. In Oxfordshire, you think oh, this is <laughs> it's an unusual place for a global summit, but you know, <laughs> the G7 leaders will be there next. You can be sure. They, I looked around; I couldn't see any global leaders in the room. Um, but yeah, so there was this there was this thing there that I felt was maybe they've addressed it in previous conferences. I don't know. There's this thing about behavioural thing that wasn't actually addressed at all. Mm. It seemed to me about the behaviour of leaders and about the whole structure of. Christian leadership and the way we've set it up. Yeah. And uh, it was all very sort of corporate in that sense. And and a lot of that old fashioned sort of performative presentation, you know, when you're being vulnerable and yeah. you you can you I can do it. I don't know if you can do it. I can perform being vulnerable very easily, you know, <laughs> because it, it just means telling a story about myself that's a bit embarrassing, but not too embarrassing. Yeah. And that's actually quite funny. Can you, you do know? the tears and, thing? Can you do the cry? I thing? can do that. Oh, believe me, brilliant. I can do that. The, the catch in the voice and just yeah and just want to take a moment i'm sorry sorry just i wasn't mm. expecting this mm. <laughs> okay, i could do you all are that. good you are a global leader i'm telling you i could be <laughs> and 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 there were some sessions that were basically somebody had googled leadership and was just putting through all these sort of statements it was like it was like fridge magnets it was like being stoned to death by fridge magnets basically so that's just chucking <laughs> One fridge magnet after another. And there's the title of this episode. Here comes here comes another bland statement. So so there were bits of it I didn't really like. But but there were some really good things. Okay. And I think you need to give credit to it. Come on then. So there was the guy on there, James Clear was on it, who wrote the book Atomic Habits. Oh yes, no, love James Clear. Great. 
Well, he is a and global he, leader. He is genuinely, yeah, he genuinely a global is. leader. He's a thought leader. I said to somebody there, perhaps I'm a thought leader. And he said, what you mean? You thought you were a leader. And I thought it was a really good line. <laughs> I'm a thought leader as well. <laughs> yeah. I hate that phrase so much. Anyway, um, James, uh, what's it? James Clear? Yeah, yeah, him. He was there. And he was talking about um, habits. Mm. And, um, and it was really interesting what he was saying. So... A lot of it I knew because you remember years ago I wrote that article on how not to sin. Do you remember that? Uh, I want to say yes, but if we're going to be honest, and I just want to be vulnerable. Oh, thanks. Can't remember it at all. Thanks. <laughs> oh, thanks for your transparency and vulnerability. Really appreciate. Yeah. Anyway, I wrote this article years ago on called "How Not to Sin" because I realised that for years the church had been telling me not to sin, but it never told me how not to. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. You, yeah, so you'd point. go into church, you go into church and you'd you'd have a synectomy. You know, you'd have your sin <laughs> cut off in church. And and then it would start growing back often during the sermon. You know, and so so I looked into habits because I thought a lot yeah, of sin yeah, is habitual. It's it. stuff yeah. that we just fall into. We don't mean to. Nobody means no. to get up in the morning and go, I'm going to sin today. You know, very few people ever say that. They just they're in their habit or their environment. Mm. So what the things he was talking about were very helpful from that point of view because I think you could build in habits of holiness and habits of discipleship. And and one thing that really struck me was the, the importance of the environment. You know, the, what you mm. do if you if you're in a bad habit or a good habit, you want to encourage a good habit, you create an environment where that's going to be likely. Where that kind of yes, behaviour yeah. is likely, so you you make it easy to do exercise, yes, or you yeah. make it easy yeah, to yeah. read a book, or to do whatever. You you take away the stuff that distracts you, and so I got to thinking: well, what environment should we create, which would make it easy for us to encounter God? Mm. You know, how That's how would I do yeah. that? Um, and I think this is one of the problems in mid faith crisis because. You know, for good or bad, at least when you go to church, you get confronted with the idea of God and yeah. with those kind of things. It's an environment yeah. where you think about it, yeah, even sure. though you might be gnash, gnashing your teeth and uh, the, the banjo player or whatever, or just, you know, <laughs> fearing that you're going to hell or something. Whereas once you're out of that, what's the environment that's going to actually help you grow in discipleship? Mm. What's, what's the environment that's going to help you be more Christ-like? How can you create that? Yeah. You know, like going to the gym or whatever. How could you do that? So I was really trying to think about that, I, I, and I don't know how what what you'd say to that. I'll give you a moment to think about it. But I think it's it chimed with what Harry Baker was saying last week. You know, he had that quote last week. It really struck me. Mm. Um, it was something about living in a way that so that making art is inevitable becomes inevitable. Yes. Yeah. 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 He did. Yeah. And it made me think of discipleship. Is it possible to live in such a way as so that becoming more Christ-like is almost inevitable. It almost just will happen. And it seems to me that a lot of Renovare is yes. all about that. Yeah. that you, you, you don't concentrate on trying to do to produce the fruits, as it were. You concentrate on the process yeah. that, that by its nature will produce fruitfulness because it, it, a, tree, a fruit tree has no other option. That's right, yeah. 
Do you know what I thought about after that quote was a family I know they don't have a television. And I don't know what you're like, but I used to think, oh, these people that don't have television, yeah, a bit weird. Cut yourself off. From the yeah, world. I don't think that way now at all, actually. So what they do is they they do loads of art and they read stories to each other. And in the evening, they sit around in quiet, but they're all doing, you know, one of them's got a sketchbook, one of them's reading, one's that every now and then they share a bit. And I was just thinking, well, that's a that's creating an environment where art is inevitable. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I like, I really like the idea. And, and, and for me, part of, part of creating an environment where, where connection and, is is inevitable is 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 taking the time to be quiet in in nature you know i mean so that's mm. that's an example of it there there is just putting myself out there i don't know whether i'm going to feel close to god or not to be honest but at least i've created the environment where you know it's more likely to happen um and you know we've talked about this before about the, you know my my seat on the pier you know sometimes i feel really close to god sometimes i don't but the discipline of going there you know regularly means it's more likely to happen i think uh, rather than just sitting at home watching the news or something depressing. Yeah, and I mean, I have that, uh, you know, that prayer kneeler thing. Do you remember we bought that in Arundel? Oh, yeah, you, you made me go and buy it. I did anyway, not I went... make you. I tried to stop you. You did not. You went in and haggled. Oh, you got all embarrassed, didn't you? It's yeah, what you got to do. You don't pay the price on that. It's a ridiculous thing. Anyway, but, you know, just having that as a place where I think they're called a pregia. You know, they're just a kneeler. But having a place where actually every time you go near it, you think, okay, I'll just kneel and pray. That's. I don't want to make it sound like I live in this sort of holy. Uh, um, that's you sacred all place, over. But, but no, it's the, it's just that I think that it, you create an environment to produce the kind of behaviour mm. that is that is good, uh, and that's what you do. And so. What do you love doing? What what helps you come closer to God? You need to consciously create an environment, a physical environment, mm. that actually encourages that. It made me think of that that Dallas Willard quote, um, although I don't quite know it. What's that quote where he says your system is perfectly designed to produce the results? Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah. Your life is is perfectly, perfectly running the way it should to produce the results you're you're getting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's not an exact quote either. But yes, we get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So he will try and find the right quote and put it in the notes or something. But it. But it's if you change the system, if you change the environment, mm. it will produce different results. It mm. might not happen quickly. Mm. In fact, most change happens quite slowly, and most change, a lot of it, you don't notice. Spiritual formation, becoming more Christ-like, you probably don't notice because you're on the inside looking out. So you mm. don't know when you've got be more patient or whatever all you can do is try and be a little bit more patient each day or try and put your you know try and be a, a little bit more prayerful each day try and just be a bit more attentive to yeah. notice god um you know to look for those opportunities to serve other people and and that will gradually bear the fruit that that system is designed to yeah. to bear so you know yeah. i, I thought stuff. that was really helpful that is yeah. helpful and is your article uh um, still available, and can you put it in the show notes? I'll try. Yeah, well, yeah that'd be I'll good. Try. Yeah, great. Yeah. A lot of the other stuff they were talking about was about courage and honesty, mm. which was interesting because I did a little talk on Monday to a group, and I was talking about those two words many, many years ago, when I was particularly down, particularly fragile, mm. particularly wondering what on earth I was doing. My friend Adrian 
gave me those two words he 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 did about this thing where he talked in in an event but he could tell he was he was sort of looking at me the whole time he's talking to me and he he was um he talks about what a writer really needs is honesty and courage mm. and i've always held those as since then as a sort of watchword and i found that interesting because when you you know, in fact, I did something on it on Monday, and then I heard about it on Tuesday, and you kind of think, okay, I should probably pay attention to this bit as well. Mm. Um, and I found that particularly useful. You know, honesty is in itself a form of courage, anyway. Yeah, and it takes a bit of guts sometimes, to be honest. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, you know, and a bit of wisdom as well. Um, so yeah, I think overall, it was a really odd sort of experience in some ways. And it was an experience that I don't really want to go back to in, you know, in the, a lot of the style of it and these, mm. you know, basically motivational speakers telling you stories that put themselves in a great light and, you know, yeah. all the de- all the depth of a car park puddle. But some bits that really struck home, yeah. you know, and uh, where I felt that that's really good. It's really helpful. Well, I, I've got one reflection. I mean, thank you for that, because that's really interesting to hear the good, the bad and the ugly of GLS. Um, but... I suppose my reflection as a 58 year old man reflecting on the 30 something year old um, just out of Bible college, kind of very keen, zealous young leader um, going to something like that was that it it inflated this this sense um, that I think. You know, we've got to be a leader. You know, you would sing songs at those. You know, there'd be a very slick band and you'd sing all those songs about we're going to be history makers and everything. We're going to be facing and we're going to be incredibly significant leaders. And, you know, we're going to leave huge legacies behind us. You know, everyone's going to be talking about Joe Davis and hundreds of years time because of the incredible, amazing work I did. I don't think that is at all healthy for the human being at all. And it's really interesting. Now I'm a funeral celebrant and I'm reading eulogies every day of my life. And I think I I think I've had a real insight into what a good life is. And I've done some I have done some funerals for some pretty big deals, you know, very sort of successful in inverted commas, people who've held very high powered jobs and very significant jobs and earn, you know, extraordinary amounts of money. And at their funerals, people hardly ever mention their achievements. It's like in passing. By the way, he was the CEO of this. By the way, he sort of did this. But no, actually, all anyone's interested in talking about is what kind of husband he was, what kind of father, what kind of... And I, I just think there's a huge amount to learn from that i remember when i worked for marks and spencer first job out of school really and and uh you know one of the the days they sent me on one of the training courses you had to write your own eulogy you had to imagine what people will say at your funeral it's a really good idea actually sounds morbid but you know to make you live well in the present and i i i genuinely think um not just because there's grief going on at the moment, that we should all think about our eulogies. Yeah, How do you want people to talk about you? And you know what? It's not going it, to... Very little time is going to be given to what a great leader you were or or not. Or, you, you mm, know, all those mm. things that we think are going to be big and successful and what life is all about. No, life is all about kindness, love, the people around you, whether you invested yourself in people. I mean, it just... Yeah. So, you know, I'm 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 a little bit sceptical of all those leadership things now because I think they are they're focusing on the wrong thing a little bit. Anyway, we'll say more of this when we come to Christmas. I don't doubt. 
Well, I think that's true. I I think that you know the everybody you know wants to be a leader when they're younger. Quite, yeah, you know, they, they kind of not everybody, but a lot of people want to be a leader. Yeah. I was really struck by a quote from um, Matthew Perry. You know, the Friends mm. actor who, who mm. sadly um, passed away, mm. and you know, a man with more than his sort of fair share of demons. And he said, um, he wrote in his book. He said, you you have to get famous to know that it's not the answer. And nobody who is not famous will ever truly believe that. No. Yeah. Brilliant. And it's so yeah, true, isn't it? Yeah. You sort of have to get you have to get close in a sense to that leadership to know that actually it's not the answer. No. It's not going to bring you what, what you sort of want. No. But when you're outside it, particularly when you're younger, and I think particularly in our context when we were sort of younger men, mm. we just thought that was it. That was it. I want to be on that oh, stage. Yeah. yeah. I want to be the leader. And and so there was a lot of the leadership conference about failure, and I was thinking, yeah, that is right, you know, because you because mm. failure teaches you so much more than mm. success. But actually, I don't think any of them thought they were really failures. No, of course they didn't. <laughs> I, I I personally sort of had moments in my life when I had been sobbing on the bed because I'm a failure, you know, and I don't know if they've yeah. come to that, and they need to get to that. Yeah. Everybody need well, not everybody, but certain people need. What? To recognise that those points, you know, they don't bring you what you think they could bring. And also, if if failure is really the great teacher, and if, you know, we must really, you know, then I would have been asked to speak of it, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's one of those, I used to go to these conferences and think, oh, I wish I was up there. Genuinely, <laughs> I was there thinking, I, I, wouldn't, I would run a mile from that place. That's interesting, isn't it? Anyway. Well, look. There we go. Bless them. Well, thank you for your reflections and interesting. I wonder what our listeners think of global leadership summits and the like. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. But now we've got something coming up um, and we're going to do it in time this year because last year we we told people about our wonderful friend and friend of the podcast, Brian Draper, who does these wonderful uh, uh, Advent series and meditations, free emails into your inbox every day. Really lovely thoughts on them. Um, but we, we sort of said it a bit late, but it's not Advent yet. And so I thought I'd get in contact with Brian and just ask him to tell us what's coming up. So I, I, you know, got in with Brian and he was as lovely as ever. So this is a little promo from Brian Draper. Hey, Brian, welcome. Thank you very much. How lovely to be back. Oh, it's so good to see you, mate. We consider you an absolute friend of the podcast. So uh, thank you. And thank you for all you do. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. I'm in a slightly different stage of life where two of our kids have gone off to university. So oh, resettling yeah. and recalibrating. And yep, still living a little bit with the symptoms of long COVID. But oh, golly, yeah. Trying to, trying to cherish cherish the weakness of limited means as uh, one bishop of winchester said about 200 years okay. ago a good <laughs> uh, good little mantra that one yeah but, sure. no just very very grateful to be here and looking forward to well it's been a beautiful autumn actually done some wonderful mm. retreats and stuff like right. that autumn and now very much looking forward to advent uh, can you believe here we are advent season again so Last year, Brian, we did you a great disservice by giving you quite a good plug after the Advent series had started. So grateful for that. <laughs> With our usual administrative brilliance. <laughs> so this year, 
How about we actually plug it before we start? Oh, it's a bit too efficient, I think. But let's <laughs> it's scary, it, yeah. isn't it? So for those that don't don't know, Brian, uh, just say, well, A, say a bit about yourself. I think probably most people know you, but for those who don't, say a bit about yourself and then talk about the Advent series that you do, a series of daily emails. Anyway, I'll let you explain. Oh, well, thank you. I, well, I, I am based in Winchester, uh, in the south of England and uh, I'm a writer and speaker I love to lead retreats out in nature my passion really is to help people connect their faith in whatever whatever that looks like with with real life with ordinary life to see the extraordinary mm. and the ordinary and to find mm. again some connection with the rhythms and seasons and cycles of um, creation and within all that the rhythms and seasons and cycles and riches of of the Christian tradition as well, um, without being too religious about it all. And so I love to do different things through the year just to help people to to, to track really with the year. So, you know, I do walking uh, retreats in spring and just finished a lovely season of walking retreats for autumn. And I do these email series in Lent and Advent and I think the lovely thing is about the email series is that both in Lent and Advent, it's, it, they're long enough periods that you can really get stuck into something whilst being short enough that there is always light at the end of the tunnel. So they're kind of limited periods. They're both really special periods. I think Advent is just such an um, potentially such mm. an amazingly evocative and connective time of year we know it deep down we get a you know we should like a child get a shiver of excitement but so often these days we kind of get a shudder of dread instead because yeah going on well as you as you know brian we, we jokingly do our christmas special in june because we, we always think christmas is just it's just too busy uh to to take time out to really reflect and to do anything but one of the things i have valued over the past few years is actually your your series because it actually just gives me a few minutes every day to recapture something of the wonder something about hope something about light in darkness and again you use that word without being too religious and everything and again that's something i i so value about your work i think this is such a a great space it isn't just for sort of churchgoers or christians it's for anyone who has that sense of spirituality and a sense that there's there's a connectedness that we can sort of tap into around these seasons so i just love what you do tell us more about the theme this season and and, and what you're thinking well thank you yeah yeah it, uh, yeah it's for it's for human beings this mm. series you know human mm. beings um, I've I've called the the series in the midst. I never pre-plan these no. series, so I, you know one of the lovely things about them, although it's slightly scary for me, is that yeah. I write them day to day um, in the moment, so that you know they're not off the shelf, they're not pre-prepared. So if something big is happening in the news or there's something that everyone's talking about actually we can then apply that mm. we can open up space you know if it's a difficult season obviously people are going to be really thinking about the middle east gaza israel palestine this year you know mm. and so we'll 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 try and open space to to hold that in mm. our hearts uh, as 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 we go 
um in the midst i mean in the midst of all that is happening geopolitically and in the midst of all that is happening for us personally somehow we hold to this hopeful story that we can't get our head around that god joins us in person in mm. the midst and and we hope that in 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 pausing to to hold that story again in our consciousness to 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 explore that story afresh that somehow we can bring some love and joy and mercy and light Mm. Uh, within the midst of of uh, uh, of the world around us um i i i i was reading a poem by jan richardson recently um called where the light begins and she talks she has this lovely uh line of about keeping a vigil flame in the house of our heart and mm. i think that's a lovely a, a lovely metaphor really for something like this series it's it, it's not trying to fix everything. It's not trying to make you a better person in thirty quick steps. Mm. It's it's holding a vigil flame in the house of our heart. So within the midst of all that's going on, if all we do is just look to the light of a flickering flame each mm. day, it 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 brings a brings a focus. It, 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 it maybe opens up some space within a crowded schedule. It maybe reminds us to breathe again when we've just been holding our breath for so long. Yeah. Oh, my, what, that sounds like a really valuable thing. Now, if people um, decide that they'd like to sign up for it, how would they do that? Uh, you can just go to my website, which is briandraper.org, and there's a there's a link on the homepage. It's it's a very simple sign up page. I invite a small donation, but yeah. honestly, if it, I know the cost of living is still really hitting people, so please don't ever let that put you off. Pay as much or as little or nothing, um, you know, as as you like. The important thing is to yeah. to belong. What's what's happened? This would this would be like your wonderful community of of people. What's what's happened is just gently over time, a community of people has gathered around this. So there's a community yeah. element to this as well. Yeah. Both in terms of people responding through an RSVP page, which which I kind of edit and moderate, um, but also in some uh, once weekly YouTube live sessions that I do on a Friday, just to sort of gather up the week mm. and people reply and chat. And crucially, what I've noticed, Joe, is that is that mm. in inviting people to respond creatively, there is this amazing mm. wellspring of creativity within. Yeah all of us and so you get something that's far greater than the sum of the parts emerging as people write in with poems yeah. some pictures or whatever and and you you, you, you forget that you, you know because because so often christianity sets us in pews and has one man standing at the front talking at at you you forget that actually this is a diverse and rich and wonderful and humble and beautiful community of human beings with so much to express. So mm. at times like this, it's an opportunity to do that. So come along yeah. and get involved. Yeah. yeah, it is tremendous. You get two for one, don't you? So you get your, your kind of daily thought, but often there's that RSVP button at the bottom 
and you can click on it to reply, but also to just go and see the amazing comments and how people are responding uh, yeah. day by day. And that is a lovely side uh, to, to these meditations, I think. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great. And, you know, there are people people sign up from all over the world um, mm. these days as well. So so we've there is there is I think there's a certain strength in in togetherness, even, mm. you know, even though so many of us are are disparate or desperate or or <laughs> kind of sometimes feeling isolated just knowing that you are you're doing something together even though you're you're dispersed gives you a, a, a strength and you know this this I mean, this is my favorite time of the year if i can cut below the levels of busyness and cynicism and and even the despair of what's going on in the world you know when you hear something like the opening bars of o come o come emmanuel or mm. i wonder as i wonder you know mm. songs like that that just just light that mm. vigil flame in yeah. in your heart and, and and give you that shiver of yeah. of something that is inexplicable i love how bonhoeffer says that you know that we get the task of theology wrong if we think that 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 it's there to solve the mystery of god for those of us who who don't have it all tied up mm. this is this is the most beautiful time of year because because we we we, we just hold this amazing story that we can't quite get our heads around and and hold mm. it up to the light and look at it from different angles and just allow it to speak afresh and touch us without having to solve it all great that sounds great well do you know what that's a very fine promo if i may say so <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> Brian, it is it is so lovely to have you here. Thanks, thanks for saying that. Thanks for sharing that. We're we're all looking forward to it. And once again, your website address, if people want to sign up, is briandraper.org. Briandraper.org. Oh, it's a shame you couldn't have a more simple one, isn't it? <laughs> Bless you, mate. Wish you lots of creativity, blessing, and peace. Uh, this Christmas time and this Advent time. And uh, well, I guess we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. And also with you. Thanks so much. It's great to uh, chat again. Bless you, mate. So there you are. That is the just quite lovely and fabulous Brian Draper. Love that quote about keeping a vigil flame in the house of our heart. Love that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and also this idea that, listen, whatever, you know, whether you get time to think about Christmas this Christmas or not and we know that people often don't just remember we're here to be Christ to the world a little bit of love a mm. little bit of kindness that's the mission forget about being a global leader if I were you <laughs> just just try just try and be loved this Christmas and you'll <laughs> you'll be doing fine <laughs> yeah Brian Draper he really is a thought leader actually yeah uh, and he, he, he leads walks as well so he's another kind of leader he's a walk well, leader he? and a thought leader <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a lovely man. So thank you. Uh, thank you to him for joining us. Uh, so anyway, we should uh, we should wrap up now. I believe you have um, some thoughts from a friend of yours or something, don't you, to, to end us with? Yes, I do. Well, a friend of a friend. Claire wrote in with some uh, with some words that she thought was helpful. I thought they were from her friend Katie Staples. So we're finished the show with that. OK, great. But before we do that, um, it just uh, leaves me to say thank you very much for listening as ever. Thank you for supporting the, ch the show. Thank you to those who give. That's 
so kind. Mm. And you can do that at the website, midfaithcrisis.org. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thank you to those who write in. Thank you to everybody who recommends it. All the normal thank yous. Just thank you uh, for being there. Thank you. And we would love to hear from anyone who isn't a global leader. Yes. If you've, if you've been to the Global Servants Summit... Yeah. Uh, well, they wouldn't have a summit, would they? They'd go down a valley somewhere anyway. I suppose so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so if you're a global servant of any kind, or indeed a leader who hates the whole leader thing, uh, yeah, get in touch with us and send your emails to... Joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Okay, so here's some words. Um, and just with this idea of getting away, and I, I don't know what your life is like, but maybe if it's a bit like mine, there's a lot going on and... Maybe you're feeling a bit stressed or a bit sad or whatever. Uh, this is a piece of prose written by Katie Staples. It's called Come Away With Me. Come away with me. Let me be your treat and retreat. Let me be your sounding board, your punch bag, your balm, your calm, your home and rest, the chest on which you lay your head. Let me be your stronghold, arms of harbour. Let me be the whisperer of truth. Let me be your rock. Let me listen, laugh and jibe until you can stand. Let me tell you who you really are so you can thwart deception and jealousy. Let me show you your wisdom, wonder and might so all destruction and hate will flee. Let me love you. Stay, spend time, sit and be. Come away with me through it all. Come away with me. <laughs>